We interrupt this program to give you a bulletin just received from one of our naval units at sea. A large object traveling at supersonic speed is headed over the North Atlantic. Once a normal, voluptuously beautiful woman, she drove into a nightmare of horror and saw descending from the sky. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. I feel retrogasmic. 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 With Danny Deluxe and Hetty LeBomb. Welcome to the Retrogasmic Podcast. I'm Dee Deluxe. And I'm Hetty LeBomb. So first of all, we'd like to make a massive shout out to the team at Rockabilly Show and Shine. Uh, The festival was last weekend down in New Brighton uh, near Christchurch and it was utterly brilliant. Yes, we really enjoyed ourselves. Um, So much going on. There were markets. There was a brilliant car show, biggest car show they've had so far. Um, Bands, uh, pin up the Southern Bell competition happened it was fantastic um every year it gets bigger this is our second time we've been down and it was definitely one of the events of the year um in a couple of weeks we'll be putting out a show with interviews and more about that fantastic event today we have an interview with former sex pistol glenn matlock he'll be telling us all about his new album good to go and uh, he talks about life on the road his uh, bandmates, which include include um, members of David Bowie's band and members of the Stray Cats, no, you know, only a only a low key lineup. Gee, did he? How did you manage to get an interview with him? Old mate, thankfully, he's a QPR fan, the same as me. So we both support the same underachieving football team, um, and uh, hopefully we've got the exclusive on two or three tracks. We've also got our Where's Winky spot. And, of course, the vintage trivia. In fact, should we do the vintage trivia now? Well, why not? What's the question? Okay. Vintage trivia question. The Italian scooter company, Vespa, what does Vespa mean? Now, that's Vespa in Italian. Yeah. Hmm. It's a good one. Okay. Answer later on in the show. So we're going to kick off. Uh, this is a track off of Glenn's new album. This is real good rockabilly stomper. This is called Sexy Beast. Worthwhile, 
On the line, we should have Glenn Matlock. Hello, Glenn. How are you? Hey, Duncan. How are you doing? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Um, so, new album. Good to go. We've been listening to it for the last couple of days. Good work, mate. Got to say, loving it, loving it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pleased with it. It's, it's come out all right, actually. And it's been a bit of a while in the making. Us older blokes have struggled to get records out these days. <laughs> with all these young whippersnappers around and stuff. And um, I called it good to go because they're finally good to go. <laughs> Yeah, so, absolutely. The um, I've got to say, the songwriting is great. There's a, there's a real um, kind of big spread of of, uh, of different styles on there. There's there's everything from, I mean, chill and and cloud cuckoo land and sexy beast are, are kind of um, they're almost like medium pace rockabilly songs. You know, they've really got that retro rock and roll thing. And then yeah, you know, a kind, of, kind of I think Slim Jim's got a bit to do, but he. You know, Slim Jim Phantom plays drums on most of it. And, yeah. um, you know, and I wanted to do it with him because it, he's kind of, it's the difference between like a kind of a middleweight boxer and a heavyweight boxer. You know, he's the middleweight. It's a bit lighter on its toes, I think. Yeah, because like he just that. plays a stand-up three-piece kit, doesn't he? Well, he put have sat down. He said, oh, do you, I want you to stand up, I said. I want you to play that sitting in the studio. <laughs> and he was cursing me. You know, when he did a third take or something, oh, and he's getting on... Well, he's not as old as me, but he's like, could have done with a sit down, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, while we're talking about the band members, it's it's a hell of a lineup, mate. So, Slim yeah, Jim, I'm... Slim Jim, obviously from the, the Stray Cats, plays drums on most of it. Yourself playing acoustic and a bit of bass, I'm assuming. I think I might play bass on one or two songs. Um, and... My mate Jim Lowe plays bass, um, he, and he's a record producer on his own right. He does all the stereophonic mm. stuff, shot charlatans and all that. Malarkey, yeah. but he's and he plays guitar, but he's happy to play bass with me. And what I like about his bass playing is he plays exactly what I tell him to, and he's happy doing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's good. I mean, it's your this is your you know this is your creation, so that that's fair. And um, Earl Earl's guitar playing on some of it, mate, is is yeah, that is yeah. great. Isn't it? Just uh, but it, it was it was kind of sort of organic although their names um they're mates as well they've become mates over the years sure. and and um, i'd done something with Earl. Well, i was getting on for eight years ago now nothing some session thing that you know i think a musician's life is peppered with things that take off and then loads of things that people have a go at doing and they don't quite take off for whatever reason and I did a thing with him and Clem Burke and this guy called Keenan Dufty, who's a mate of mine who's a fashion designer but sings a bit. Yeah. And he introduced me to Earl. And then the first person I asked to do the album was Slim Jim. And um, I said, any ideas for a guitarist? And he said, about sl- Slick. And I didn't know that he knew him, but he'd actually done a band with him and they'd had a hit in Australia. I don't know if it made it to New Zealand in the late 80s or something. Okay. As... as um, uh, Phantom Rocker, Lee Rocker, and Slick. So it kind of, mm-hmm. sort of squared the circle a little bit. Um, sorry, my mobile's going. I'll turn it off. Pop- pop- popular man, mate. <laughs> all of a sudden, there's nothing on the telly. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> so well, uh, just, it's better just... than versus Nottingham Forest. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right, and they're better now. We've got the ball, and they go and. 
How many eight-yard box? No, oh, he's wasted it. No, <laughs> people oh, no, 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 people tuning yeah. in weren't, weren't expecting a commentary on championship football, mate. For, those, for, yeah. for people that don't know, um, Glenn and myself are both Queen's Park Rangers fans. You are. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, again, again, just a bit of oh, background. There you have it. Look. Two nil. <laughs> Two nil. <laughs> <laughs> So Earl, Earl was Bowie's guitarist for what, f- three or four albums. Well, he played. He, his main album he did with him is um, Station to Station. That's yeah. his main one. But he was his live guitarist for many a year, and he took over from Ronson. Really, yeah. I mean, Earl's told me a few stories that you know Bowie sort of didn't call him, and then he did call him when he was stuck, and then he was back in, and he was. You know, there's Barry's called Radio, which is Earl's fine with. But I mean, before that, he played with John Lennon. He's on the Double Fantasy album. Oh, really? So he's yeah. really lucky to be now be playing with me. Yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. Some of the, uh, I mean, you know, the solo work's fantastic on the album, but some of the kind of the Ebo guitar sounds on there work beautifully. Really? Yes. Really- I, I mean, I think one of my favourite tracks on the album is Speak Too Soon. You know, I sort of had this. It's the moment of castanets, and to me, it's got a bit of a, you know, every song's got a starting point, and for me, that one's either Stand By Me or um, Spanish Harlem. You know, I like yeah. all that kind of but with a modern lyric. And they all said, what should I play? I said, well, I've got this guitar lick, but, you know, it needs something else. Well, well how far do you want to go? I said, well, let's just see. And he got his Ebo out, this thing, go on then. And it's, it's cool, you know, and there's a great solo off of him, and he even does this little strummy thing at the end that I'm sure he must have played many times live at the end of Boys Keep Swinging, you know. Yeah. So like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a really distinctive sound. It works really well. Um, uh, I recognise Wonderlust, of course. That's a great yeah, that's an old, Well, that one I wasn't going to do, and then, you know, in the course of doing it, I recorded about 16 or 17 songs, so there's more stuff in the can. But when you start listening back to it, you think, hmm, that makes it, that's kind of good. I'm kind of getting to here with this now. Yeah. And you think, oh, hang on, yeah, it's got a bit of a little bluesy feel. And I've always liked that song, Wanderlust, and I thought, right, now's the right opportunity to kind of do it. it it's a bit more bluesy with a guitar lick than it was originally. Yeah. No, it works, um, really, works really, really well. And I've, yes. I've got to say, at the moment, my favourite song... Um, is Montague Terrace. That sounds to me like a, a big well, dusty... What's wrong with the other ones? <laughs> huh? I said, what's wrong with the That's no. a water song, you know, but it's such a fantastic song. And we only did that, I've been doing it live, just really, because I, I, like, I love the song, I'm a big fan of people like Jacques Brel, you know, that French yeah. chanson yeah, kind of tradition, and to me it's like, Scott Walker tried to write a song like that and succeeded admirably, and I learned it. And I was doing it, and it's it was a, quite funny doing it's it. It's a great a, version, man. It's a really good version. Well, I've been, just been doing it acoustic live for quite for a few years, <clears throat> and it's quite funny seeing these big heavy punks down the front going, "Ah!" Oh. <laughs> and then <laughs> in the studio, I, Slim Jim broke the snare on the snare drum or something. He's piddling around. I just started playing, and El said, "What's that?" I said, "This is how this is um, Scott Walker song." And he went, "Wow, that's, that's great, man!" He said, "I got a part for it. Can we do it?" So I went, "Yeah, all right then." And then Jim, was I could see in the studio, there was a pair of kettle drums, which um, Slim Jim was eyeing up, you know. <laughs> oh, thank God, then. Yeah, let's, let's whack it all on there. But it, it's kind of good. So it's like orchestral without an orchestra. No, it, it works really If you well. listen to the original version by Scott Walker, which I, he did it with a 76 piece orchestra, and it's got the best dynamic between the verse and the chorus, Ammer, and then, yeah, I'm surprised it didn't break the pressing plant when they did that. <laughs> no, really, you should check it out. It's, I will do, mate. I will do. Hey, um, so I remember oh, a couple of years back we were chatting, and you said, "Oh, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go and do a few solo gigs." That must be the biggest understatement of the year. How many countries have you played in the last two or three years? Quite a lot, really. Um, I've never added it up. I mean, just, uh, just just run down some of the countries you've played in, in even in the last year. Well, um, well, just Korea. I've been to Korea twice. Japan, Scandinavia, um, Italy, quite a lot. France, North Wales. If you saw their Facebook page, I went and played in Port Marion, where they filmed the um, the, 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 the um, uh, 
The prisoner. The prisoner. Yeah, and and I got inducted. I'm, I'm now I, I'm in the cape club. I got a cape, and I'm number twenty five. You know, in the prisoner, it's like I'm not yeah. a number. I'm a free man. Yeah. Moss Grunger even bought a pair of socks, and on the socks it says, "I am not a number. I'm a free man." <laughs> That's <laughs> fantastic. I like the idea of you in a Rick Wakeman cape. That's good. It, uh, you, you, a, you played in New not, Zealand. It's a, it's, a, it's a different cape. I, oh, I draw okay. them like that, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you, you you did um you did some Aussie and New Zealand gigs as well, didn't you last year? Yeah, that, well that's not this year, but yeah, it was it was about this time a year ago. So yeah. I've done that, then I went on to America, and um, I did a tour with Clem Burke and Mike Ness from Social Distortion and Waterloo. We um it was the 40th anniversary of the Heartbreakers LAMF album coming out. That, that was fun actually. Yeah, I like doing different things. It's it's. We've certainly been busy. It makes life interesting. You know, people always forget it's work. You know, you get paid for doing it. And you get around. You meet people. and It's great seeing you. And I mean, news, uh, news you, you've, you've got two uh, two grown-up lads, haven't you? How, how do you kind of balance the being away from home all the time and, and well, still being know, a dad? I think they like me being away. And when I'm here, they're off out somewhere anyway. You know, they've been gigging quite a lot. Um, and... Um, yeah, get on with it. They're their own men these days. Oh, that's so. good. Okay, good. Yeah, so... so. Um, in, just getting back to good to, good to go with the album, um, I, I'm hearing... I'm, well, I'm assuming you're your, your big influences. There's a lot of little bits in there that remind me of some of the songs Stevie Marriott wrote. If, if you oh, know really? Which ones? Um, well, chill a little bit. Um... And, and, you think and, it's surprising me? I mean, to me, that's and hooks got, in you as well. Well, hooking you to me is my tribute to Screaming Jay Hawkins. Um, I, just lyrically, it's, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's two one now. <laughs> it, <laughs> I am concentrating. I love that line in the song. I don't care if you don't want me, I'm yours. You know, I think that's quite a good starting place. For a song, and and I also always like the loved one by In Excess. Do you know that track? Um, song Baby, I want you back. I need you so. Can't go on. Baby, I want. Oh, hang on. It's in the wrong key for me. I'll start off in the wrong place. <laughs> I'm gonna re- I'm gonna release that as a bootleg now, mate. <laughs> it's a great vocal, um, Michael Hutchins. Um, oh, was it, it was, I like yeah. that. It's kind of got a bit of that going in. To me, chill. Just, lyrically, it's. I don't get the Stevie Merritt thing. Oh, lyrically, it just reminds it's, me of. It's, it's, it's kind it's, of. Everybody goes bonkers these days. Now, nobody gives anybody any time to just sort of think things through. I just think if everybody just said their piece, stood back for a couple of minutes, just chill out a little bit. And I'm really proud of the lyrics on that one. Um, the second verse goes, there might be no. Nailing our coffins won't be no stitching our shroud won't be no runaway train rolling down the track that only gets derailed. You know, we just got to learn to chill a little bit. You know, and, and but musically, it's got a bit of Nina Simone going on. I think you know, like my baby just cares for me. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Yeah. So, so you're wrong about Steve Marriott. Now, if you said another one, um, go on. Tell me which one I should have picked. I, I mean. Know. There's definitely, I know. There's definitely bits that there's definitely small faces influences that kind of you hear them just in little bits, either in the way you're phrasing stuff or in some of the kind of the song structures, you know. Yeah, well, maybe that's it's classic songwriting. They're one of my all-time favourite bands that I listen to, hell of a lot. Um, yeah, I, I think Ogden's Ogden is one of my favourite albums. Sorry, Senna. Ogden's Nutflake is one of my favourite albums of all time. Yeah, it's pretty, um, it's pretty wacky. And I'm, I was actually, I'm not in the small faces. I did some gigs with the faces, and this is about six or seven years ago now. And it occurred to them that the, the small faces hadn't played any of those songs live since 1968. Wow. Gavin and and um, Kenny Jones. So. We learned as an encore. We learned um, all or nothing, which is quite easy to oh, play. That's a great, great song, fantastic and, song. And, and soldier, which is actually quite complicated. There's lots of changes in it. And we did it the first time. We did the vintage festival um, down near 
Arundel, you know, where um, there's a big... The castle. Yeah, the castle, and there's a race course, and they have a sort of a car thing there. It's sort of not Brooklyn's, but it's something like that. And um, we did it, and we pulled them off. And as we were walking off stage, Ronnie Wood said to me, he said, Glenn, how about that? He said, me and you, we played two Small Faces songs with two of the Small Faces, and we got them right. And he weren't joking, he meant it. You know, he was so effusive <laughs> about it. It's great. I love that play. It's fantastic. Oh, that's great stuff. So, um, just just a, a, a little bit of, a little bit of history. Um, what? How did Here you? We... No, nah, yeah, no. Nah, you're not gonna. I'm not Jimmy, gonna. Jimmy Langley. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how did you first start? Kind of becoming a musician. I mean, did you get the classic piano lessons as a kid, kind of thing, or I mean, what? How did you kind of end up as a bass player? Um. Well. My nan used to play the piano, mm. kind of in a bit of a Mrs. Mills kind of pub pianist kind of way, although she, I never saw her play in a pub, but she had an upright piano at home, and I used to tinkle on that, and she'd show me a few little things, but she did, she had no musical idea. And then I wanted, you know, then I was a child of the, the swinging 60s, but too young for it, and there's all these bands on a TV show like Ready, Steady, Go, which was the best rock show ever. Yeah. Um, what an education, you know, seeing the Kinks and the Who and the Yardbirds and the Stones, plus Dusty Springfield and Smokey Robinson and Junior Walker and Sam Cooke. You know, yeah. playing live. Yeah. You just don't, don't get it. And, and some, sometimes, most of all, all those people in the same show. Yeah. You know, it and I think that's when pop songwriting was at its, its, its zenith. And it just kind of... But tell and I said I wanted a guitar for Christmas and I got one and it was a plank and uh, I struggled to learn on it and then I didn't bother for a bit because um, it hurt your fingers you know and then <laughs> I met a mate at school who was learning the guitar who funnily enough his name was Steve Jones but it was a different Steve Jones and he was like one week ahead of me so one week he, he would show me the A chord that he'd learnt the week before and then the next week it would be the D chord, you know, and I kind of got into it. So I, I played with him a little bit, and a couple of other people had guitars, but then somebody had a bass guitar for sale. And I thought, well, I'll get that. And um, I did. And I took it home. And then I thought, well, hang on, I can't hear nothing. You know, you've got to plug it in, so you've got to have an amplifier, which I didn't have. So what I did do, I used to take the, the jack lead, take the end off, and attach it to the leads on the stylus of the radiogram. And no. you know, it's, it sounded fantastic. It's the best bass sound I ever had. But, <laughs> you know, so I'm doing that. But then you think, hang on a second, playing bass guitar by itself is like the sound of one out and clapping almost, you know. You've got to play with other people. And I did it, something with a couple of mates at school once or twice. And then we made too much noise in the sixth form up. So we couldn't do that. And then that was my first punk moment because the... Vice Ed Master, Don Palmer, asked us to play at the school dance. And I said, no. He said, what, what do you mean, no? I said, well, we haven't been out rehearse because of you telling us to shut up. So we don't know nothing, so you can't do it. So it was like... <laughs> and then I started working at Mount McLaren shop. And um, I was also interested in bass because I dug the small faces and they were always a bit different. You know, they was the antidote to all that Mersey beat Beatles. yeah. yeah. Codswallop, you know, they were a London band, which is what I liked about them more than anything else, and they had Cockney accents. Um, but, and they were a bit different. But within them was Ronnie Lane always seemed a bit different. I just sort of, picked, well, my hero, but I just kind of picked up on what he was doing a little bit. Anyway, all that put together, and then I started working at Mountain McLaren, who ended up managing the Sex Pistols. He had a teddy boy shop down the King Road. And that's, that's where I, that's that, where I'm Steve and Paul. Met, yeah, because uh, didn't Steve and Cookie work at? The same shop? No, no. Well, they did work it, but what I was working at was a scam to try and nick things, and it was my job to stop them, <laughs> basically. I didn't and know that. Yeah, yeah. But I had this band, and I, for some reason I was trying to get Malcolm involved, and he used to humour him. And then one Saturday afternoon, he said, oh, how's the band going, lads? You know, sort of laugh, laughing behind his hand. And Paul said, well, I don't know, we're trying to take it seriously, and our bass player, who was Paul's sister's fiance, Del, all right, never turns up. And I said, well, I play bass. And they said, you do? What bands do you like? And I said, I 
faces my favourite man because it was the faces by then as opposed to the small faces yeah. and I went that's our favourite man come down so we went and there was another guy in the band originally called Wally Nightingale they weren't even called the Sex Pistols then they didn't really have a name and I went round his house and um, the rest is history and I played a, a, a faces song Free About an Amadon which is kind of quite complicated but they didn't know but it was the only one that I knew all the way through <laughs> <laughs> That's impressive with my musicianship, and um, and then not long after that, I would see him out and about gigs, and I went to see Ronnie Wood. He was doing a solo show with Keith Richards and Matt and Willie Weeks and Andy Newmark, the the Gaumont State Theatre in Kilburn or Kilburn Gaumont, whatever it was called. And I went with my girlfriend. We had cheap tickets up stairs, and it wasn't all totally full, so. So we went up to one balcony and then we thought, no, maybe we're on the next one. And it was all dark. And all of a sudden there's all this scuffling noise. And I thought, what's that? And then all of a sudden these urchins appeared who bunked in down the roof, all covered in soot and dust. And then Stephen Paul and a couple of their mates. And I thought, oh, here we go. <laughs> so they climbed, they'd basically gone up onto the roof and come in through the ceiling. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> So uh, let, let's um, let's play a song off the uh, off the album now. What what song? You never get around to it. <laughs> what, what song do you want to play, mate? You know, I know there's a time difference, but not that much. <laughs> what do you reckon? Let's, let's liven people up a little bit. Um, da -da 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 -da. I like. Um, I don't know. We're chill, actually. That's kind of all right now. Okay, let's play chill. So this is That's chill off of, off of Glenn's album. Good to go. Time spinning on a dime Don't seem to want to stop We 
Great stuff. So, uh, you've got a new updated website, glenmatlock.com, is it? No, no, it's not. Don't go to glenmatlock.com because somebody stole it off me and won't give it back. I don't You're know joking. No, I don't know what they're going to do with my website. But I didn't st- steal it. I wasn't that up to date with paying the subscriptions. And now somebody <laughs> else got it. And they put all adverts on it. And they won't reply to me. And we try to track them down. And there's some mailing address in Bolivia or somewhere like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so what's the web, what's, what's your actual website? .co.uk. .co.uk. So, yeah. so not long got that right up and running. But it's got info on where I'm at. At where you can buy the record, and there's a couple of videos up on there that I I did over the past sort of year and a bit. There's one for a version with Earl and Slim Jim in it. Um, we did a cover of Pharrell Williams' "Happy." Oh, I saw that. That's great. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of cool. Rockabilly version of that. And then there's one for a track called "Sexy Beast," which is one of the ones on the album, which is an out and out rockabilly thing. But that's just me and that. And there's also a really good video, which is just me, but it is my record and for hooking you. So you can hear the track and see me prancing around. Okay, so, so we'll, 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 you know, play, we'll play hooking you um, later on. That's a, that's a great song. Um, yeah. So just uh, I, I think for people that aren't musicians, if you've not gigged and toured, it's hard for people to understand how it affects your kind of, um, not your mental state, but um, you're, you've been st- touring solo for quite a long time, so you must be spending a lot of time in between shows. I mean, let's face it, you, all musicians spend ages waiting around. You're always waiting for something. So you've been to lots of countries, lots of flying, lots of travelling, lots of hotels. Um, how do you kind of, you know, how do you, how do you handle that? Um, what, the loneliness of the long-distance musician? Yeah, um, kind, kind of, yeah. It's not that bad. I'm, I'm, I'm quite an affable chap. I, because I've been doing it so long, I've got mates all around the world now, and you tend to hook up with people. And Sometimes my young lady comes with me, and she's very good at, um, you know, sort of glad-handing people. And Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it works. I mean, sometimes... Last time I came to Australia, well, last time I came to New Zealand, but I was in Australia first, and I played with some Australian guys over there as a backing band. Yeah. Um, but I had to change planes in Hong Kong, and sort of landed at five o'clock in the morning. And I had like five and a half hours to wait, and I thought, what on earth am I doing this for <laughs> at my age? Yeah. And then I got on a plane and sort of snoozed, landed in Adelaide, get out of the airport, it's 10 o'clock at night there, it's 80 degrees and it's December. I thought, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing it. <laughs> so, so, you know, there's, um, there's a bright side to everything. And actually on that trip, I was really quite pleased because I came home finally. So I went to, I flew to Australia, went on to New Zealand, then went straight to America and, and then did a tour of America and then came back to England. But I'd actually circumnavigated the globe in one direction for the first time. And I felt like Sir Francis Drake. <laughs> That's fantastic. So so you, I, wanted to go, I wanted to go and singe the King of Spain's beard, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would be the first thing I'd want to do. Uh, yeah. You must have so a fair few... Um... Francis Drake. Da, 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 da. It was like a spin-off from Robin Hood. And Queen Elizabeth I, it always panned through these kind of leaded windows and there'd be a model galleon floating you're supposed to think you're going to see. And she never quite <laughs> knew what to do with him because he was trouble with Sir Francis. And she always said... Go and sing, singe the King of Spain's beard. You know, every... There you go. <laughs> so you must have a few air points then. I've got a few, actually. If I play it right, I've got to the end of March to become gold on British Airways, and they're yeah. stingy. But yeah. we'll... That means you get to sit in the special lounge, doesn't it, with the free croissants and the uh, and the proper coffee? Well, I can do that anyway, mate. I'm silver at the moment. That's oh, kind okay. of that. Oh, that's, yeah, that's uh, plebs. We, we just always... We're always the economy in with the sheep, you know. Well, I'm not always at the front, but if you just build it up, well, I'm never really at the front, but I'm no, I'm rarely right at the back either. But what's, what's good is you get an extra bit of luggage and you can get to jump the queue. So, oh, that's all that makes anything that helps when you're travelling. Yeah. So yeah. let's let's have a listen to um, this. Effectively, this is the single off the album, isn't it? Hooking you. Yeah, this is the first one off the album, and as I said before. 
yeah, check this out if you like it. Go on the website and you can see a little video we knocked up for it. So it's glennmatlock.co.uk. So let's let's have a listen. Hooking you. Thanks so much for talking to the podcast. I really appreciate it, mate. Um, what's your plans uh, for the rest of the year? Where, where are you playing? Um, I don't actually have a lot. I might be doing a few more shows in London. Al's going to come up. We did the, we did a thing tail end of the summer at this place called Boysdale's. Al came over for that, and then we did the Andrew Club, and we talked about doing some more <coughs> at the beginning of December. But basically what I'm trying to do now is take a bit of time out and set up next year. You gotcha. know, I'm going to do more band shows. Absolutely. Uh, yes. So, will that be mate, UK, or are you going to get you going to get around the world again? Oh, well, well, they'll have me ready. You know. So, um, let's talk oh. about the states. I've been offered to go. Well, I've got some solo shows in Italy, but of course, gigs are like buses. You don't have any, and then three come along at once. So <laughs> same three gigs I got in Italy at the exact same time. I've been offered to go to Brazil to play with this guy, Supla, who's a mate of mine, to do some art centre kind of thing, a couple of them, which I'd yeah. like to do. But they're, they're all on the same day. Oh. <laughs> That's the rest of January. That 
isn't. But if I go to Brazil, I might then go into Argentina to do some stuff and combine it with, you know, kind of trying to push the record a little bit. Is that the first time you've been to South America? No, I've been a few times. I love going there. Buenos Aires is fantastic. You know, they built it at the beginning of the last century, but a houseman designed it who designed Paris. Oh, okay. It's like, it's, like, it's really, I mean, you know, there's lots of poverty in the, their version of the favelas. They don't call them that. Um, but there's these majestic boulevards and that nim spots and the Recoleta. There's, there's a fantastic um, cemetery. It sounds a bit weird, but it's like a, it's like a little village because it's all the... the ah, like the one the, in Paris. Houses above grounds. With, with street lamps in it, and that's where Ava Peron is buried. You know, it's a bit of a shrine yeah. kind of thing, but it's it's really kind of quite happening down there. And I played over there with this band called Los Violadores, who were like the um, Sex Pistols of Argentina when the Junta was on. Yeah. But we're really good musicians, you know, great lads. There's a guy called Stuger who's the lead guitarist. Um, so I might do that with them as well. Um, but there's also about going to the States and... Maybe doing Coachella and South by Southwest, and, uh, and there's a bit of talk about coming back to Australia. Oh, I I, so would you I come over to New Zealand to, again? Well, I'd love to. I, I thought I did quite well when I was there. You know, two pretty much sold out shows in um, Auckland and Wellington. What was the name of the place in Auckland I played at? I like uh, Tuning Fork, I think. Yeah, Tuning Fork, and then in That's Wellington. Yeah. Well, look, if you come back to New Zealand, you've got a backing band here, ready-made. Guarantee it. <laughs> oh, well, that's good to know. Um, but I'm annoyed with you, because last time I was going to treat you to lunch and you snuck out and paid. So <laughs> I was annoyed about that. Uh, I, <laughs> just just being fair, I know how hard it is, mate. You, you, you know, you can't just throw money around. So, look, thank you thank you so yeah, much. It's old mates, Duncan, you know, so there you go. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it, mate. Best of luck with the album. It's a, thank uh, you very much. Glad you like it. And um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll we'll, we'll talk to you again next year. Hopefully, um, when you start your new tour, and um, with luck, we'll be in the playoffs by then. <laughs> well, do you know what I think? The way they come on the last few games, I haven't been down there yet, but I watched the last two games on on the box, and everybody's been raving about it. So um, yeah, we'll see. Oh, good, mate. Good. Don't speak well, too soon. No, no, no. This is Queen's Park Rangers we're talking about, so I'm, I'm just expecting the worst. So, so what do we sign off with? Come on, you super. Hoopsa! <laughs> uh, there you go. All right, All mate. Right. Thanks, for, thanks for talking to us. I'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Good luck. Where's Winky? Hello, here's Winky. Winky, where are you? Right, well, actually, I'm in a little bit of a dilemma, guys. I'm actually stuck in my bathroom, and all these curlers have become stuck in my hair. <laughs> how, how did that happen? I have no idea. I was trying so hard to look just as fabulous as those ladies the other week at the very vintage day out, and here I am with half a dozen curlers in my hair stuck. When you say stuck, do you mean that the pins have got stuck or they've come unraveled or they've all I've... got caught together or, or are you stuck to something? My hair is all wrapped up in these curlers, which are then plugged into the wall and I am stuck Plug... to the wall. Plugged into the wall? I'm plugged into the wall. I'm terrified my hair's going to burn off. And then no one will ever be able to recognise Winky again. So hang on, when you say you're plugged into the wall, do you have some kind of like heated roller drying apparatus? That's the one. I'm only new at this game. That's the one. They're heated rollers, and trust me, they're well and truly heated. Okay, so like safety first. I know we're we're on the podcast, but can you unplug it from the wall first of all? The, oh. wor- the, the worst thing that could happen was for you to die live on air. <laughs> So just They're unplugged. Uh, it's all good. It's un- unplugged. unplugged. Okay. Uh, <laughs> now, uh, I don't know anything about rollers, and Hetty isn't here, unfortunately. I'm sure she'd be able oh. to talk. If she, she, she was here. She'd be able to talk you down a bit like those, those airplane films, you know. Um, but I, I, I tell you what, though, I'm still looking bloody fabulous today. <laughs> Go on, tell us about the rest of the outfit. We'll ignore you from the eyebrows up. Right, good on you. So I am wearing today my uh, my flamingo hell bunny vixen dress. Nice. All Did... in pink, 
with, of course, a whole head of rollers going on. Okay. So uh, I'm thinking some kind of hat and you'll be fine. Oh, actually, that is a really good idea. I actually bought a box hat the other day. Maybe I might just walk around with a box on my head for the next three weeks. A box hat? I bought a box hat. What's a box hat? Well, I believe that they're around in the 30s, and it's like a steampunk. But I don't do steampunk, but I figured one day I'd have a really bad hair day, and maybe today's the day. Can't, can't you just wrap it up in a cool kind of turban or a, a, oh, or a scarf see, or something? The box see, hat that would, might look a bit weird. That would be a little bit sensible, though, wouldn't it? This is winky we're talking this, about. This is true. And, and, and uh, so you've got the pink flamingo dress on. What about your shoes? Right, I have no shoes on. I have my unicorn slippers because today it's all about comfort. Unicorn slippers. Okay, so now I've got this mental image of you now in the pink flamingo dress, the unicorn slippers, trying to untangle your hair. And oh, I know yeah. you never you never use cuss words, so yeah, I can imagine this now. This is this this is a mental <laughs> image. Now I'm going to ask you your winky <laughs> question because obviously you need to get uh, you need to get stuck oh, into. Oh yes. Um, now, you know there is Pancake Day. Oh, Pancake Day. Okay, so that's the, the national day dedicated to pancakes. If you could choose one other food that would have its own national day, what would it be? Cherries. National Cherry Day. National Cherry Day. That's not as bizarre as I thought. That's actually quite a it's good not, idea. Not bizarre. I love cherries. I adore cherries. Anyone's down south and is thinking of me, go grab me some cherries because honestly, I'll be in them so fast. <laughs> okay, well that's that's a r- remarkably straightforward and not at all surreal answer, which uh, no, surprises no, me. No, not today. Talk about food. We're talking about cherries. Fantastic. Look, good luck with your hair, Winky. All I can, oh, I mean, thank I, you. I really can't help. All I can suggest is whichever direction you rolled your hair onto the rollers, try rolling them in the opposite direction. But I'm assuming you've tried that already. Well, I've tried that. I tell you what, here we go for the viewers out there. If anyone can find Winky over the next week, and if you find me with all these hair curlers going in, give I will give you 50 bucks to get the things out. There you go. Okay, there you go. There's an offer. There's okay. an offer. Thanks for, talk- thanks for talking to us, Winky. Good luck with the uh, the whole head conundrum. Oh, thank you so much, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Trivia question answer time. Does that sound right? Trivia question answer time. Trivia. Yeah, I There's guess. There's so. too many words in that. Is there? Okay. Well. Well, just 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 go with the just answer the question already. I, I, I will. Just pretend you didn't hear the first part of that sentence. So, what does the word Vespa, as in the scooter brand, mean? Do you know this one? Oh yes, I do. Well, you speak about three hundred languages, so that's well, cheating. Well, not Italian, but hmm, sort of. Go on, tell them. Yeah, it means wasp. Um, you're, the Vespa brand, now owned by a huge motorcycle company, Piaggio, originally was designed to be a uh, a cleaner, more kind of stylish and convenient motorcycle, if you like, so that you could drive around cities in your suit and your, your clothes and, and not get all oily and dirty. That's the idea. They've got the leg shield and the engine has uh, two kind of steel panels over them so it's it, you know um they were built for cheapness so the original ones had the engine set to one side which did make them a little bit difficult to uh, corner on you could you know it takes a while to get used to leaning slightly one side and then much more if you're going around another corner <laughs> um the stick shift or sorry stick shift the gear lever is on the uh from memory it's the left hand side and you basically twist it so there's a cable that goes down into the engine and uh they are the early ones especially were famous for the cable snapping so you'd be happily driving on the road and then your gear cable would snap oh my God. and you'd just be stuck in that one gear i mean it, it's not fatal but you would have to kind of roll to a stop and, <laughs> because if you stopped at the light and you're in third or fourth gear that's it you're not going anywhere yeah um i have to admit i had uh, several vespers at one point um i can vouch for how tough and reliable they are i uh, i once drove from uh, london to the famous wigan casino and there was a big bunch of us on the motorway and a guy in front um his engine seized and three of us all piled in the back of him 
and I actually bent my forks, the, the thing the front wheel's on, and we laid the bike down and jumped up and down and on it until it was straight, and I drove another 150 miles there and 200 <laughs> miles back with the front wheel pointing in one direction and the handlebars pointing in another. <laughs> so they're, they're tough. Now, wow. here's a question for you. So a 250cc scooter, so not a massive engine, what do you think the land speed record is for one of those? Now, they've got 10-inch wheels. That's the size yeah. of a dinner plate. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't dared to go on the motorway on in a, in a in a Vespa scooter gosh maybe 120 kilometers 196.155 kilometers an oh hour. my god that is insane that would be terrifying because you'd be so exposed and oh i'm assuming god. it was uh, modified. Be rattling like your teeth, <laughs> all your fillings would fall out. I'm assuming it was one of those modified ones that had a kind of a bubble over it, and you, right. you would be laying down inside it with your feet out. Of the, I can't imagine he would be sitting there in his suit with his girlfriend on the back, <laughs> wearing her beret. You know. Retrogasmic. Well, it's that time again. Our show is coming to a close. Thank you very much for listening as always. Um, a huge thanks to Glenn for staying up late and talking to us. Yeah, what's the time difference there? 12 it's, hours, 13 uh, hours? Uh, yeah, daylight saving, so it's 13 hours at the moment. So, um, yeah, really appreciate it, mate. Uh, go and grab his album, glennmatlock.co.uk. Uh, oh, iTunes. We are creeping up the charts in iTunes. Please, if you like what we're doing, show us some love. Hop over there. Leave us a review. It all helps. Yes. Yes, please. Thank you. Uh, next show, I think, is going to be the Rockabilly Show and Shine special. So uh, we will put out something up on our Facebook page when that's ready to drop. Great. Thanks for listening. Thanks See for ya. listening. See ya. Bye-bye. Bomb.